the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Change makers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Dating today is complex. Online dating is a big part of the dating world and is one of the main ways people look for a partner. It's been reported that 3 in 10 U.S. adults have used dating apps. When meeting strangers online, how can you be sure the person is legitimate and has your best interests at heart? Today's guest, Donna Marie Hayes, was scammed and robbed of her life savings by someone she described as the love of her life. When she met the man on a dating app, Donna had a successful career on Wall Street and she was starring in her own one-woman off-Broadway show. She joins us today to share how she fought back and the lessons she's learned. Donna owns a coaching practice dedicated to helping women shed victimhood for empowerment. She's the author of the book, These Broken Roads, Scammed and Vindicated, One Woman's Story. Welcome, Donna. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, and thank you so much for having me on your show. Well, Donna, you have an amazing story, which unfortunately is becoming more and more common. So can you tell us a little bit about your life when you first met Javier De Leon? Surely. I actually met him in 2016. Um, I had just come out of my second um, divorce. I was with him for about 19 years. He was very abusive. I literally escaped, literally escaped, and spent eight years just focusing on myself um, you know, going through therapy. I even completed the marathon, singing and performing. And after eight years, I thought I was ready. And so someone suggested that I, you know, join a website. I joined this online date- dating site and for individuals over 50. And I had gone through eight years of what I thought was healing and taking care of myself when I met him. So I met him in January of uh, 2016, but I didn't realize it was a full scam until 18 months later, which was in June of 2017. During those 18 months, what was the relationship like? The relationship was fantastic from my vantage point. We spent every weekend together. I met his sister, I met his niece, I met his cousin, I FaceTimed with his mom, I FaceTimed with his son. We went on trips together. He was at my apartment every weekend. He carved my initials in his chest in large black bold letters. So I felt that was my person. I felt that it was a relationship that was really blossoming and flourishing. And I didn't really... I didn't get a sense that this was all a well-calculated scam. Do you think it was a scam from the beginning, or do you think he was really in the relationship, but something changed over that period of time? I believe it was a scam from the beginning. And the Mm -hmm. reason I say that is... I remember on our first date, and at that time I didn't see it like as a sign, but I remember on our first date, he started talking about the financial services industry, which is I worked on Wall Street for for over three decades. And I just thought it was odd that he was just asking all this information about Wall Street, about investments, and about money, and 
you know, and I thought it was just someone in their late 50s trying to kind of talk about maybe his next possible career or, or, or things like that. I thought that was odd. And then shortly, like within maybe three weeks to a month, he professed his undying love for me. Now, I understand that there could be situations where people do, you know, meet and fall in love within a relatively short period of time. However, I do believe that proclamations of love too quickly, my instinct told me that it was too quick. So he was love bombing you in the beginning, but, you know, you felt something was a little bit off, but you didn't pay attention to that intuition? Yes, I, I, I would agree with that. And what I did, I kind of explained it away after, you know, going through two very abusive marriages, um, I just felt that, okay, that's just your trauma talking. You know, that's just because you've gone through X, Y, and Z, why you're so hesitant. You know, I thought I was just being hard on him. I thought I was just being hard on myself. I was like, you know what? Just let it be. This is good. There are things that, you know, seem really good about the relationship. So let's just see where it, where it goes. And Donna, what was his scam? What did he do to you? What he did was I I live in Manhattan and I was in the process of buying property. And I, you know, real estate in Manhattan is very, very expensive. And he knew that I was looking for property. And his cousin, um, who is an attorney, had a house um, in Connecticut that he was looking to sell. And so he kept saying, you should look at this house. It's, 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 it's much cheaper than living in Manhattan. It's an investment property. There are three floors. You can rent it out. All this fun stuff. And I've never really wanted to be a landlord, but I said, okay, I'll go and I'll take a look. So I went and I took a look at the property, and it, it's definitely something that would need a lot of remodeling, but definitely had the potential. Certainly from a financial standpoint, I could have investment income and things of that nature. And so I was, as a, I'm an actor, so I was traveling a lot, and I decided that I would, in fact, invest in the property. So I turned the, 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 I got the money, and I turned it over to him to do the renovations. And we would talk daily, and he would say, oh, today we, we put in the, the hot tub, or today we put in the stove, or today we did the sheetrock and the paint, and today I put in that lovely garden that you... Um, that you've always wanted. I put in all of your favorite flowers. You're going to love it, et cetera, et cetera. And so when it was time for me to see the property, he suggested, why don't we spend the weekend before the tenants move in? Why don't, why don't we just have this, he called it his romantic um, getaway picnic. Why don't we just have a picnic in the house? You know, the, the, the indoor plumbing is working. The electricity is there. The Wi-Fi is there. We'll just spend the weekend there. And I, so I said, yeah, that's a great idea. I can't wait. So I proceeded to pack, put together this wonderful picnic basket and all the pillows and all the things that we would need for the weekend. And just the day prior to going to see the house, day before going to see the house, he called me to tell me that his mom had passed away. And then he suddenly became very distant, which he explained as, I just need time to mourn the loss of my mother. I just need time to be with my family. I just moved further and further away from me. He said, but the house, you know, whenever you want to go to see the house, you can go to see the house. And it was around that same time that I had foot surgery. So therefore, I was immobile. And he knew that. He knew that I could not get around. I was on crutches. But long story short, he became more and more distant. I hired a lawyer, and we went to see that nothing had been done to the house. There were no renovations. Nothing had been done. He had actually disappeared with the money. You know, as I'm listening to this story, I remember over the years watching Dr. Phil, and he would have women come on, and the women always talked about meeting someone online, but the scam was the person was always asking for money. The story that you just described seems very reasonable. It's a person you trust. It seems like a sound business deal. And... This man put a lot of time into planning all of the details of this. Yes. And when you think of a a romance scam, most often it's someone that you've never met, right? Mm -hmm. Most often it's uh, 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 some fraudster hiding behind a screen, someone that you will likely never meet face-to-face or even see the person's real face on the screen or even speak with them on, on a phone. Not someone who slept beside you for 18 months who introduced you to members of his family, 
who met mem- members of mine, uh, practically moved into my apartment, but it was all a smokescreen. I was being groomed, right. and we did not travel in the same circle. You know, I was on Wall Street, and he was, you know, doing more <clears throat> uh, blue-collar stuff. So we, we, we kind of didn't travel in the same circle. So I don't think that he thought that our, our paths would cross or I would meet people who could attest to who he really was. Donna, was he doing this to other people at the same time? I do not know. I do not know. However, I found out, you know, because I did file a a lawsuit um, against him and his cousin, and a lot came out during discovery and depositions that all along he had a girlfriend. All along there was this, this other person, and turns out that he gave some of the money to her. So I believe that it was much more elaborate than than I believed it to be. I know you've done a lot of work before and since that time. Why do you believe he chose you? I, I don't think that he knew I was going to be a prime target just, you know, when we were interacting um, on the site. But I think when he met me, he asked certain questions. He asked questions about my background, and I would freely tell him because I am that way. I would freely tell him that, you know, this is my experience in Jamaica. We talked about my trauma. He talked about his as well. Um, I talked about my trauma. I talked about, you know, that I was somewhat estranged, if you will, from my, my mom and my dad. We didn't have that close relationship. I talked about some of the traumas that I have had, two abusive relationships, and you know, how I was really looking to have a life and a relationship that is fulfilling and not dysfunctional. He also knew that I was also very empathetic. I love helping. I love supporting. I would tell him about, you know, some of the things that I've done in my life to help others because I came from nothing. And I live my life in a way where I want to help others if I can. If I can pull you along, I'm going to pull you along. And so I think he used that. And as time progressed, he would tell me all these, you know, wonderful uh, sob stories. Oh, this, this is happening in my life. That's really terrible. My mother is dying. My son is in this awful situation. I have this other son who is um, uh, suffering some mental challenges. And I was like, oh, my God, that's very sad. Well, what are you going to do to, to help them? How are you going to change this situation? And the more he talked, the more he pulled me in, but I didn't realize I was being pulled in. And so he, he began just caring for me and being really sweet and nice and flowers and taking me here and taking me there. And I settled into that, right. not realizing that he was using the information that I gave him to somehow um, make this happen. Well, that's what that professional sense. predators do when they're grooming. Yeah. They use yeah. the information to create this strong emotional bond with you. And then let, you know, you, yeah. you begin to trust and you let down your defenses. Yes, especially when you're in a vulnerable situation, you know, when when you feel, okay, I've only been in, at that time, I had only been in two relationships and I was, what, 54, 55 at the time. And so, therefore, I, you know, I was at an age where I was going to retire soon. I really wanted to have someone in my life where I can kind of share my life and my time with. And he was this doting, wonderful person. However, that was that was the plan all along to kind of pull me in and use the information that I gave him to somehow use it against me. Donna, when you learned that nothing had been done on the home, here you were thinking, you know, you even had your favorite flowers planted. When you learned nothing was done, how did you feel and what went through your mind? It, it, it's, it's, it was a stunning experience because I believed that it all, they were all true. Because every time I would speak to him, and sometimes in the evenings, he would tell me about things that happened during the day. So today, some of the contractors annoyed him. They took their lunch break was too long, and they're spending too much time on their phone. So he weaved this thing, this wonderful story that I believed to be true. Um, because there were so many, you know, so many unique um facts that he shared about him driving there and what happened during the course of the day. So when it, it happened, 
I mean, I couldn't go there because I was I had just had surgery, but my lawyer went there and my lawyer sent me pictures and said, Donna, this house has not been renovated. And I said, oh, no, I'm sorry. You must have gone to the wrong house that, you know, that that that. And I, he sent me the pictures and I said, well, that's the house. But I don't understand. Did you go inside? And, you know, I, I just had a really tough time believing it. And the reality just kind of sunk in thinking that this all happened and what really tied it up for me is I then went on the website again hoping that I wouldn't see him and I went on the website and I searched for him and I found him with a different name um, even with a picture of his son wearing one of my shirts because I was running at the time and he, he, was, he, wore, he had on one of my running shirts and he had this new profile with this new name saying that he was an accountant and he was this um, you know, successful person. That's when it sunk in who he really was. And I was devastated. I will not lie to you. I was absolutely devastated because after coming out of two relationships before that and waiting eight years to really try again to find out that this person did this to me was absolutely absolutely devastating i literally went in my bed and stayed there for six days just weeping just weeping and really trying to come to terms with what had happened what did you do after that did did you know you were going to fight back or did that take some time you know, at, at that point, I wasn't sure what I was going to do. I knew I was going to fight back, but how I was going to fight back, I was unsure. So what I did at that point, I started calling my my employee assistance program, and I would call night after night, just sniveling and crying. And until one night, I got someone on the phone, and her, the way she spoke to me, her candor just shocked me, and she says. Just imagine his miserable existence if this is how we have, he, he lives, to steal. You're a good person. You're, you have a good heart. He's not worth your tears. And then she said something that really shocked me. She says, count yourself lucky that a, a, a criminal with bad intentions didn't kill you to conceal his crime. And she said, this man went so far as to carve his initials in your chest to give you a false sense of security so that he can do what he does best. To do what he does best, which is steal, you made a mistake. So what? You know, be gentle with yourself. Rest assured that he's going to get his. And I remember getting up from the bed and sitting on the side of the bed and says, I am back. Mm-hmm. And that's when I hired a lawyer and I, I you know, I gave him three months to come clean, give me my money back, what have you, and they did not. And so it went into the court system, and I did win a judgment um, against him. The The case with his, um, the other person is still ongoing. Did he end up getting any prison time for this? Well, that's what's so interesting about Gams. When I went to the precinct, the, the officer said, this is called theft by deception, which is not really a, a criminal offense. It's a civil matter. Had he broken into my home and stolen it, yes, then it would be criminal. Because I freely gave it to him, even though I was being deceived, that's civil. Mm -hmm. So, no. So, he he knew all of this. He knew nothing would happen to him, most likely, in the end. He had nothing to lose. Yes, absolutely. And, you know, after my, my, when my lawyer called him that first time, my lawyer said he was very taunting. He was like, yeah, so prove it. Prove that you gave me money. And then he even threatened to go public saying that I gave him information about my private information about my company, which I know I hadn't done. I said, well, you go for it because I know as an HR professional, things go to my grave with me. So I told you nothing. I tell my family nothing when you're in the HR business. But he was threatening me. I think what, he, what surprised him. Because he used to always tell me, you know, you're so nice. You're such a kind person. You really don't like confrontation. So he did not expect me to take any sort of action. But once I spoke to that counselor, something in me just rose up, and I went after him and filed a lawsuit. He didn't show up, so I got a judgment against him. But what was so interesting, in March of this year, one of the enforcement companies actually found him. 
and they found a bank account that he that he has in his name um with not not much maybe uh, maybe twenty twenty five thousand something like that in it and they hijacked the account and the money was diverted to me he immediately called them to say oh can i <laughs> this is actually laughable um can you ask donna if i can make a payment plan <laughs> I can <laughs> I can pay her $180 a week. Um, you know, I have a lot of bills. Can you just take half uh-huh. and I'll make a payment plan? And, of course, that was a resounding no. But right. the way I look at vindication in this case, either he lives under the grid for the rest of his days, or, I mean, if he gets a job, I'm going to get money. If he gets a car, if he buys a house, if he buys a lawnmower, whatever property he has in his name, is going to come to me, or he goes under the grid. So, and you know, John, what was so interesting after this happened is I started talking to a lot of women about my experience, whether it was in my Zumba class, whether it was on the train, whether just people in my building. And I found out that what happened to me is far from unique. Although it's not the typical romance scam, it is a lot of women started telling me about similar experiences that they had. I met a lawyer who found out that her boyfriend of two years was a swindler and everything about him was fake, even the family pictures in the picture frames. And he got $250,000 from her. Everything you're describing, how can we protect ourselves? What have you learned? Because these are people that are are really putting the work into making a relationship look real. So how can we protect ourselves so that we don't have those types of scams take place against us? I, I think you should go into a new relationship whole and complete in yourself, right? I think if you go into a relationship cracked, you know, still suffering from trauma, still suffering from some of the things that you've gone through, it makes you a lot more vulnerable to sit as opposed to going in whole and complete. Maybe you won't take as many chances, maybe you won't excuse as many things. But, you know, some of the, the, the things that I think I would do differently Um, I probably would have been more diligent about certain things. For example, he wouldn't let me see his apartment. And I have a terrible fear of rats. So he used that information um, about rats by telling me that his apartment had rats and the building had rats. He used that to make me not want to see the apartment. So I had to do it over again. I'm like, you know what? You're going to hold my hands and we're going to walk through the rats and I'm going to go and see the apartment. If someone is telling you that they love you, you know, without, while you're still getting to know each other, you know, be mindful of that. Relationships are beautiful. They can be really, really beautiful. And I don't want to be negative about it. But, you know, he was talking marriage within, within a month. And because I wanted it to be real, I got kind of sucked into it. So kind of be mindful. Kind of take your time. Um, another thing he did, Christmas and Thanksgiving, he did not spend those holidays with me. He said that his mother was dying, and he and his sisters wanted to spend her last holidays with her. I now know that he was with his real girlfriend, but I should have insisted, you know, as opposed to say, okay, okay, you know, and just being this diminished person in the relationship and letting him lead. So I say, follow your instincts, follow your gut, show up in a relationship complete and whole as yourself. And so that if something feels, just feels off, then you have the courage to send and say, wait a minute, what is this about? As opposed to having this fear of offending or hurting um, someone. And I think that's the takeaway, Donna, because I'm sure that there are always warning signs, as you described. But for whatever reason, yeah. for whatever it is that we need, we write them off. You know, we, we make excuses for them. But like you said, if, if we learn to pay attention to our intuition, it never fails us. We just don't always listen to it. Donna, where can our listeners go to get more information about you and your work? Sure. I have my website. Um, it's Donna-Hayes.com. All of my information is, is on my website. And once again, that website is Donna-Hayes.com. Donna, thank you so much for spending this time with us and for being so open and honest and vulnerable about what you went through. I really do think you're going to help countless people navigate this thing we call dating. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for your grace and thank you for your kindness. It was wonderful chatting with you and I do hope that that is my hope to help inspire encourage motivate others um, with that they can see themselves in my story and hopefully 
pain certain situations that they're experiencing. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Do you feel lost on your journey to health and happiness? Then let us guide you on your path. Personalized actions towards health. Your path is a series of choices you act on every day. We guide you on a personalized journey of dietary, exercise, genetic, supplement, and lifestyle choices that lead you to optimal health and happiness. Often taking the road less traveled leads to liberation. Your path is personal. Your journey, like you, is unique. Take action today. Head to bestpathforme.com. Again, that's bestpathforme.com. An invitation to appear on a radio show or podcast provides you with the opportunity to showcase your knowledge while promoting yourself, your products, and your business. It can elevate you as an expert, boosting your reputation, but only if you make a good impression. If you want to stand out as a great guest who is remembered, celebrated, and gets invited back, you need to give the host and listeners what they want while communicating with confidence and charisma. Hi, this is Joan Herman. After years on air, I can tell within minutes if a conversation will be stimulating or not. Being prepared with a compelling message makes all the difference. In my training program, It's Your Time to Shine, I provide valuable information that will empower you to make the most of any media appearance. You work hard to get the booking, so don't waste the opportunity because of a lack of skills or preparation. To learn more, visit joanherman.com slash media training. That's joanherman.com slash media training. A cancer diagnosis can be scary. It's easy to get caught up in the cycle of fear and anxiety. Hypnosis creates a powerful mind that promotes healing. At Metro Hypnosis Center, we specialize in navigating the cancer journey in person or online by providing custom audio scripts, group healing circles, one-on-one sessions, and other programs all designed to support and empower you. To learn more, visit MetroHypnosisCenter.com or call 201-477-0265. Hypnosis is a natural complement to medical treatment plan and not meant to replace it. Critical thinking is a disciplined way of thinking that can be applied to any topic or problem. It is the ability to clearly and logically consider information that is presented to us. There is value in thinking critically in every aspect of our lives, from making personal decisions to questioning media reports to assessing work projects. Applying critical thinking is an essential skill everyone should be trying to hone. Hi, this is Joan Herman here with a lesson learned while earning my PhD in life, the conventional view serves to protect us from the painful job of thinking. When we were children, adults told us how to behave and what we should believe, and we blindly followed their instruction. Then as we aged, we were taught to expand our minds and consider concepts and opinions that may be in conflict with what we previously thought. This expansion of mind opened the door to infinite possibilities and challenged us in ways never experienced before. Listening to different ideas enabled us to develop the process of analyzing information in order to form our own judgment. We learned to discern what works best for us and no longer were we dependent on what we were told to do. We could form our own opinion. This critical thought process taught us how to create the conscious decisions that affect the quality of our lives. Today, in a world of social media, around-the-clock news programs, and propaganda reporting, cultivating a critical thought process is more challenging than ever before. Sometimes it feels like we've lost the ability to think for ourselves or form our own conclusions. I often wonder if critical thinking is a lost art. With information overload, we need to think about thinking. Why is this so important? Critical thinking encourages curiosity. Curiosity helps us remain vigilant and gain knowledge about situations or our environment. Critical thinking enhances creativity. Creativity enables us to come up with different ideas and perspectives. Critical thinking reinforces problem-solving skills. Critical thinking develops independent thinking, the ability to take in various opinions or facts and then develop our own conclusion offers a freedom from manipulation. The good news is that critical thinking is a learned skill and we can get better at it. Here are three ways to develop critical thinking. Question assumptions. Don't believe everything at face value. Ask questions. Conduct research. You don't always know what you think you know. Reason through logic. 
Ask yourself, is the argument supported at every point by evidence? Do all the pieces of evidence build on each other to produce a sound conclusion? Diversify thought. Get outside of your personal bubble and open your mind to new perspectives. As the Greek philosopher Aristotle said, it is the mark of an educated mind to be able to entertain a thought without accepting it. Never stop questioning or thinking. Thank you for spending this time with me. For more empowering tips and information, visit joanherman.com. This is WNYM, Hackensack, New Jersey, New York City. to Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for staying with us. A scent can be more than a pleasant experience. Scents can lift your mood and improve your health. Joining us today to talk about how we can manage stress and anxiety naturally with aromatherapy is Dory Bell, a certified aromatherapist and founder of The Blossom Bar. Dory has more than 20 years of experience in essential oil education, research, and practical application. Welcome, Dory. Thank you so much for joining us. Joan, I am so happy to be here. So, Dory, stress is something that you hear people talking about on a daily basis. You, you know, it's a constant statement. I'm so stressed out and I'm so anxious. So how prevalent do you believe stress and anxiety are in our everyday life? Uh, yeah, I mean, it is definitely something we all deal with. Um, I, I actually have an interesting stat from the National Institute of Mental Health saying that within um, our lifetimes, 31% of adults will deal with an anxiety disorder of some, of some kind. And when we're talking about stress and anxiety, it's kind of the same symptomology, but stress is usually an external source, whereas anxiety is kind of in, more of an internal. So yeah, it's very prevalent. It's something that I don't think we can get away from in our modern life. Well, our bodies are designed to experience stress because when, when something triggers us, we have that fight or flight response and, and you know, in the old days, it was to keep us protected so that we could outrun a tiger or a lion. But the problem mm -hmm. is that we're living in that constant state now and that it really is wreaking havoc on our body. That is absolutely true. That cortisol release that we get, um, the hormone cortisol that's released when we're under stress is great for the short term. But long term, you know, that long term, it results in high blood pressure. It, it results in anxiety, depression like more long-term issues. And, you know, the usual treatment course when you when you seek medical intervention is to be put on some type of an anti-anxiety medication. And while medications do have an important role in our health and well-being, you know, there are other options. And, and one of them is the work that you do. So can you tell us a little bit about the efficacy of essential oils in treating anxiety and stress disorder? I, I, I am so happy to be here to share this with, with you all. So, you know, when people are suffering from anxiety long term, they're often put on a class of drugs called benzodiazepines that are, you know, the classic anti-anxiety drugs, which do help. They act on the GABA receptors, the neurotransmitters that help keep us calm. But the problem with them is that they, all the side effects, including impaired cognitive function and the dependency you can get which can be very severe on these anti-anxiety drugs. Now, one, st one study I'm particularly excited about was a clinical study done that showed um, people who were taking lorazepam, which is Ativan. Um, they were taking that, and then, but then another group was taking um, inhaling lavender essential oil. And wouldn't you know that the, the alleviation in anxiety symptoms tracked with those two? So showing that the lavender was helping alleviate the symptoms as well as the lorazepam was, but mm -hmm. without the side effects. So how does that work? It's, um, it works in a very similar way where the essential oils, the molecular compounds within them, certain ones, are able to help our bodies release the extra cortisol and helps um, it activates in different parts of the brain to help the GABA receptors, you know, like help them keep us calm in a similar way that the anti-anxiety drugs do. The best method, would it be inhalation or do we need to ingest it? It really depends on what, what your particular situation and what works best for you in your daily routine. So there is a product you can buy 
over-the-counter. You can get it on Amazon or at Walgreens or wherever. It's called Calm Aid, and it is a lavender essential oil capsule. That the, it's about two drops of lavender essential oil with some vegetable oil in a capsule that you ingest. It's completely safe. You can take you know one a day, just to keep your um, keep that calm steadily in your bloodstream, right? So that goes directly into your bloodstream through the digestive system. And the nice thing about that is that you know you don't have to worry about a lot of gear. You can just take the pill once a day. If lavender is something that helps you, mm-hmm. that's one option. With inhalation, the nice thing with that is that it gets to the brain a little quicker because our olfactory uh, system is right next to our brain. So if you need a, a really quick, calm, like a quicker um, interaction, inhalation works very well. And a lot of the studies that are being done, the clinical studies with humans, are, is with inhalation. Like they'll clip a, um, a piece of cloth with the essential oil onto the lapel so that it's you know, kind of in your in your atmosphere mm-hmm. a lot. And that is, is very helpful with inhalation. Um, with digestion, you always have to be careful because you need to make sure that you're working with somebody who, who knows how, you know, what kind of, um, how many drops and making sure that it's in some vegetable oil in a capsule. Um, there is a lot of misinformation out there that is just um, unsafe about actually putting essential oils in water and drinking it or putting them under your tongue. That's all very, that can be very damaging to the mucous mm-hmm. membranes in your mouth and isn't necessarily as effective as doing it with a capsule or with inhalation. Well, and I think that's an important point to make because we don't want someone to go pick up a bottle of lavender and ingest it without knowing what they're doing. It is important to work with someone who is well-versed in it like you are. And um, But I want to go back to the inhalation. Um, you had talked about putting it on a lapel or, or a piece of cloth. Would diffusing be as effective Diffusing is a great way to get to create an atmosphere of of the like for the um, so the way essential oils work they have a psychological impact which is what you would get from a diffuser so when it's just out in the air and depending on how much you like the scent or what kind of um, memories you have around the scent that can be very impactful that way there's also the physiological benefits of actually getting the molecular constituents of the essential oil into the olfactory system or in through the through the respiratory system and that is best done through very direct inhalation so on a lapel or from a personal inhaler like a sniffer stick right under your nose so what's one way to it especially if you are actively um, in a situation where you are anxious or very stressed out to diffuse an essential oil that's that works well for alleviating symptoms, but also to have one have it close by as well. You're getting kind of getting it right into your nose. You mentioned lavender. What are some other oils that are good for relieving anxiety? Um, there are a few that are great to keep on hand. Um, bergamot is another one. Um, it's been shown to um, after inhaling inhaling bergamot with a personal inhaler. Um, within 15 minutes, it's reduced heart rates in stressful situations. Um, Lavender, which is a type of lavender, and rosemary and also grapefruit did really well inhaling that to a personal inhaler for test anxiety before a test. Mm-hmm. And um, for, for procedural anxiety, like before you're going in for a medical procedure, a combination of lavender and rose and even grapefruit there has really helped reduce the, um, alleviate the symptoms of anxiety before procedures. In fact, grapefruit did even better than lavender in that situation. And there's several other essential oils that are good to have on hand for anxiety. Um, Neroli, sweet orange, clary sage, geranium, lang-a-lang, and peppermint will all do a great job for you with um, their ability to reduce the heart rate, reduce, lower the blood pressure, kind of um, alleviate the symptoms of anxiety. Dory, how does a person go about selecting an essential oil? You can purchase them anywhere. So how do we know if it's a quality product and, and does it even matter? Oh, yeah, it definitely matters. Um, what, what you'll see, the best way to tell if an essential oil is good quality is the price point. Um, that's one easy way to do it. Um, essential oils it, it, it's quite a process to get that little bottle of essential oil so like if you're seeing something like um you know a, a 
a 10 mil or like a half ounce bottle of lavender essential oil for $5 that's probably cut with something else to, uh, you know, that's not lavender. Um, if you like some of these like neroli and rose are very expensive because they're very, it takes a lot of the plant product to make the essential oil. Those can, those can be like upwards to a hundred dollars for five mil, five mm-hmm. milliliters of it. So you want to look at price points. You also want to make sure that when you are on the website buying the, the essential oil, that the company is telling you the Latin name. They're telling you where it was farmed, where it was processed, what country. Um, it, you want to make sure they have a certificate of analysis that shows the purity of the essential oil and all a reputable company will show you all of that stuff. And are oils a one-size-fits-all product, or should they be tailored for an individual person? Um, there are certain essential oils tend to have the same effect across many people, but because of the nature of our internal chemistries being so different and our psychological um, makeups being so different, what medications we're on, what our health histories are, um, you really want to work with somebody who understands the chemistry of the essential oils and how they might interact with each other and with you, depending and depending on you know and even what you like and don't like. You know that a, a certified aromatherapist will is has training in all of that to make sure that what you're doing is actually going to help you instead of either not help you at all or even potentially be dangerous for you. Dory, for someone who's suffering from anxiety, can you see a downside to that person trying this first? I actually, you know, one of the things that's nice about trying essential oils and aromatherapy first is there's really no risk to it as long as you're doing it safely. Like there's actually no harm in giving it a try, putting it in a diffuser, dropping a few drops on a Kleenex and tuck it into your collar. There's like, there's no downside. And Dory, where can our listeners go to get more information about you and your work? Um, I would suggest they, they start with my website, which is uh, the theblossombar.com. They can also go to my Instagram account, which is at theblossombar. And um, that's probably the two best ways to find out more information. And once again, Dory's website is theblossombar.com. Dory, in our final moments, what would you like to leave our listeners with? Um, Joan, thank you. I, you know, if we, if you could go away with one thing from this conversation, keep in mind that any scent that you love is going to help reduce anxiety because of the way the brain works. If you love a scent, if you love a scent of an essential oil, whether or not it's quote unquote good for anxiety doesn't really matter as much as do you like the scent of it matters. Dory, thank you so much for joining us. You are welcome. Thank you so much, Joan. This has been a delight. This is Conversations with Joan. Stay with us. We'll be right back. What's the difference between the apple you buy at the grocery store in October versus the one you buy in February? Not only does the October apple taste so much better, it's also packed full of nutrients because it's in season. Now, it's pretty great to be able to go buy apples all year round, but might there be a reason that nature made them come into season in the fall? We're fortunate that fresh produce is on the shelves year-round, but we're missing out if we don't eat seasonally. Here's what I mean by that. As we evolved as a species in Africa, nature enforced our seasonal eating, and nothing grew in the winter. But a bountiful harvest of root vegetables and fruits came into season in the fall to help our bodies prepare for when nothing would be available. So here's the thing. Our bodies evolved eating seasonally. They didn't just endure seasons. They actually developed self-healing bioprocesses that use the seasons. If we don't observe seasons with our food today, we're missing out on some great work our bodies can do for us. I'm Julie Sloan, certified health and wellness coach, and I help people transform their health and relationship with food through a 90-day challenge where I focus on mindset, nutrition, and food psychology. Find out more at wellandgrounded.com. That's wellandgrounded.com. An invitation to appear on a radio show or podcast provides you with the opportunity to showcase your knowledge while promoting yourself, your products, and your business. It can elevate you as an expert, boosting your reputation, but only if you make a good impression. 
If you want to stand out as a great guest who is remembered, celebrated, and gets invited back, you need to give the host and listeners what they want while communicating with confidence and charisma. Hi, this is Joan Herman. After years on air, I can tell within minutes if a conversation will be stimulating or not. Being prepared with a compelling message makes all the difference. In my training program, It's Your Time to Shine, I provide valuable information that will empower you to make the most of any media appearance. You work hard to get the booking, so don't waste the opportunity because of a lack of skills or preparation. To learn more, visit joanherman.com slash media training. That's joanherman.com slash media training. today to talk about how we can use energy medicine to promote physical well-being is Roxanne D'Angelo, a certified Reiki master and founder of Crystal Clear Energies. Welcome, Roxanne. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Joan, for having me. Roxanne, so many people today are stressed out and anxious. From your perspective as an energy healer, what happens to us when we live with constant stress? Well, Joan, that's such a great question. When we live with constant stress in our bodies, we are creating a whole storm of energy that's going through our body that's that's not distributing where it needs to properly. And when talking about energy, we, our energy flow needs to be consistent throughout our day. The energy gets stuck within our systems, within our chakras. And this is where disease can start to begin happening in our bodies. Okay, so you just mentioned chakras. What is a chakra? Okay, chakras are our energy centers in our bodies. We have seven main ones, and these chakras govern all the different organs in our bodies and body systems as well. So they need to be functioning and working correctly in order to obtain optimal health. For a visual, is it like there's this energy current that keeps circulating through our body? Yes, each chakra is actually spinning, and they are connected to each other as well. So this current has to be consistent and flowing within our body and When we become stressed, that energy can get stuck. What are some of the things that you see people experience when they have blocked chakras? Oh, there's so many things that could be happening. The symptoms could be anywhere from having anxiety, depression, um, pain, uh, chronic illnesses, and the list just can go on and on. We don't realize how much our chakras affect our entire body, whether it be our mental body, physical body, our emotional body, and our spiritual body. It affects every aspect of our lives. Once that energy flows, if you have a chakra that's blocked and, and shut down, some, you're going to be suffering with some type of illness or dysfunction in, within that particular area of the body. So let's say it's your heart chakra. So obviously the heart chakra, the main function is around your heart, but it also has to do with other areas in your body as well. So a person may be experiencing um, different aspects of their health failing within the heart chakra area as well as even just their emotions and feeling loving themselves or loving others. And you'd be surprised how much the chakras do regulate what's going on within our lives. Once they're balanced, then you can start saying, oh, wow, I can really feel a difference. I understand. I feel like everything is connected, so to speak. So, Roxanne, as an energy practitioner, you work with a a variety of modalities to help people reduce stress and promote well-being. Can you provide a few strategies that we can do on our own to help induce calm? Oh, sure, Joan. There's plenty that we can do on our own. First of all, most of the, I think, a very important thing is our breath. A lot of times when we are stressed, we do tend to hold our breath. So just being mindful of your breathing alone, um, nice, slow, deep breaths in, and maybe a little longer, deep breath out, and doing that for maybe a period of four to five minutes, just doing that alone can help calm your stress. Meditation is always big on my list because you're connecting very from within and it keeps you in a very quiet, reflective space. Uh, that's a really wonderful, wonderful way for stress reduction. Another great one is sound. Any type of sound, um, listening to nice music, keeping yourself in a nice space. Um, a lot of people love the ocean. They love listening to the sound of the ocean. Um, you know, there's a lot of apps out, uh, out there today that you can listen to to help with sound. Uh, whatever in particular, I love the sound of singing bowls. So, you know, playing a singing bowl or listening to something on YouTube. Uh, there's lots of things you can listen to to actually just really connect with the sounds um, so that 
start to resonate within yourself. Using essential oils is another one. Um, just the scent of the oils alone will actually keep you calm and reduce your stress level. Um, you can use it even during sleep. You know, running a diffuser is wonderful. Getting back into nature, just taking a, a nice walk or going to the mountains and allowing that energy just to, to permeate through your body. Of course, exercise is, is huge. Um, just being, you know, getting your body physically moving. So there's a lot of things. And of course, you know, if someone has an extra time, you know, doing something like a Reiki session to help balance those chakras and make that part of their routine so they can start reaping the benefits of having energy work done on their bodies. Roxanne, thank you so much for joining us and providing such wonderful strategies. Thank you so much, Joan, for having me. An invitation to appear on a radio show or podcast provides you with the opportunity to showcase your knowledge while promoting yourself, your products, and your business. It can elevate you as an expert, boosting your reputation, but only if you make a good impression. If you want to stand out as a great guest who is remembered, celebrated, and gets invited back, you need to give the host and listeners what they want while communicating with confidence and charisma. Hi, this is Joan Herman. After years on air, I can tell within minutes if a conversation will be stimulating or not. Being prepared with a compelling message makes all the difference. In my training program, It's Your Time to Shine, I provide valuable information that will empower you to make the most of any media appearance. You work hard to get the booking, so don't waste the opportunity because of a lack of skills or preparation. To learn more, visit joanherman.com slash media training. That's joanherman.com slash media training. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. The preceding pre-recorded program sponsored by Maximilian Communications. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.